This is Inside Purple and Gold. Back for Inside Purple and Gold, Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani, talking Vikings here on Tuesday, September 13th. Uh, please follow, like, subscribe. Uh, make sure you're getting all the Inside Purple and Gold every episode to your phone on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us anywhere. Um, this might be a good team that we're following. Uh, maybe even better than we anticipated. Maybe not. It is only week one. Uh, it was only one win. You know, things could go off the rails pretty quick. But right now, hey, like there's a lot of good things to talk about with this team. Catch it all. Make sure you're catching all of the action. And then we talked about, like, we've mentioned a lot of the good things. Like, we just spent 15 minutes gushing over Kevin O'Connell um, and just the things he's saying and the way he's handling success. Um, but it, it isn't all roses. I think we know that. I think every team, if you come out of uh, a week one and say, like, oh, no, team crushed it, never get respect, it's already a perfect team, probably not going to lose a game this year, um, you're setting yourself up for failure. So let's get into the negative. Uh, and when you brought up this idea of like, let's, let's maybe like focus on something that went bad, I thought of how I met your mother and uh <laughs> lily on there um, and you know like she'd be sitting there and somebody's describing everything that's great and she just looks at at robin and she goes like where's the poop robin <laughs> so like what's wrong what are you not telling me so yeah we've gone over so many positive things let's look back on week one let's get a little negative where's the poop dane the poop chase and, and we're nitpicking here but I go back to a text I sent you Sunday afternoon. Like three of them, by the way. Yeah. Like, okay. Let's just break it down. First drive of the game, phenomenal. Scripted drive, goes perfectly. They they march all the way down to the Green Bay 5, hit Adam Thielen on a crossing route. I think Adam Thielen probably got the first down, but Kevin O'Connell feels so confident in his fourth and one play that he doesn't challenge that 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 series or that Do you think that's why he didn't it. challenge no i yeah. I, 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 I think, think his first drive came... he wasn't even considering challenging as like an option no and and that's another thing that some people think he should have challenged whatever like i'm fine you, you think you have a play on fourth and one and, and and he's so locked in and dialed in on like these scripted plays whatever he goes right on fourth and one from the green bay five sends justin jefferson in jet motion gets him around Kind of like what the Packers used to do with Devontae Adams. It felt very Devontae Adams-esque from last year. And and everyone knows what happens. Justin Jefferson, wide open, walk-in touchdown. Everything's great, right? Kevin O'Connell got a ton of praise from that, from me, from a lot of people on Twitter, for going for it on fourth and one. I actually fought that a little bit. I was like, uh, 95% of NFL coaches would go for that there. Like, and you joked to me, like, I don't know if Mike Zimmer would. I think even Mike Zimmer would have. Like, almost every coach from the five-yard line on fourth and a foot is going to go. So, like, yes, it's great. Love the aggressiveness. Everybody's doing that. But go on. You're you're absolutely right. So that was one of the text exchanges I want to talk about. Like, sure, it's easy to be aggressive when everyone would be aggressive. And, and the aggressiveness was impressive in the sense it's not like he just ran Dalvin right up the middle yeah, into like a really predictive play. He, he he got creative with it, got his best player the ball in space, and it was a touchdown. But I think he got a ton of credit for being aggressive there, largely because it worked. I texted you later in the day. It was a few drives later, they kicked a field goal. It was fourth and two from the Green Bay Five. So not fourth and a foot, fourth and two. Then I texted you, 
Kevin O'Connell just had a chance to make me fall in love and he failed <laughs> because on fourth and two from the Green Bay five, it's like objectively is like four more feet than then he just easily converted on converted on with, with Justin Jefferson three drives earlier. Kevin O'Connell opts to take a field goal. Not only does he opt to take a field goal, he takes a delay of game on purpose, Mike Zimmer style to like give Greg Joseph a better angle. Uh, you know, at a if you're that close, field. that means you should be going for it. Yeah, if if you need to take a five yard delay of game penalty so your kicker can have a better angle to go from a twenty three yard field goal to a twenty eight yard field goal, you should have gone for it there. And look, Kevin O'Connell talked about that a little bit yesterday, like or I think it was maybe even post game. Like, yeah, at that at that time, I felt like you know our defense was playing well. Like, I wanted to take the points 10-0. Like, I get it. Like, if you can do this, hindsight is twenty twenty. Every single time a coach fails on fourth down and be like, well, I'm sure that they'd rather be up 10 zero than, than a seven zero. Cause they didn't get it. But imagine if he goes for it on fourth and two there from the green Bay five, best case scenario, you, you get it. You're up 14 zero, which objectively is better than 10 zero. And if you don't green Bay's at the five yard line and they can't, they, they haven't showed the capability of moving the ball. I know you're going against Aaron Rodgers, but I just, there were things yesterday and again, or on Sunday and, and we're nitpicking here, but I, I would have liked to see a little more aggressiveness there. Fourth and two from the green Bay five. Come on. And it, it happened again in the second half too. It was a, and, and I get it here. Fourth and two from the Minnesota 45. That's a little dangerous and going. For yeah. This one, I wasn't so sure with you on uh, when you sent me that text. I was like, Oh, Dane wants him to go for it every time. I do. Um, I want I want Brandon Staley style in, in Los Angeles where fourth and like team I'm team no punt. Um, but I, I understand that one a little more like at that point, the game is 20 to seven. Yeah, I agree with that. too. I think you're letting him back in the game. I think the pros don't outweigh the cons there, but good. Yeah, but so like I'm, I'm not so nitpicky on that. I, I did feel like, you know, maybe you could go there, but that's easy for me to say from my seat in the press box when no one's going to be crushing me on on Monday morning if 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 we don't get that 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 fourth down conversion but i do think the fourth and two from the green bay five left a little bit to be desired maybe as he gets more comfortable kevin o'connell in in you know his job and in his role and he'll take those chances uh, maybe it is always just going to be game feel situational let's take these points here um, I would venture to guess he gets more aggressive um, as as his career as as a coach wears on. Um, but like I said, good things all around. That's just nitpicking moments. Um, where's the poop? The Kevin O'Connell's aggressiveness. Yeah, um, I I will say like just on your fourth and two from the forty five from your own forty five. I don't like it in a twenty to seven game where like Green Bay's offense has proven kind of stagnant. I would say if it was like twenty to fourteen and Green Bay's one score away from taking the lead then I would prefer the offense uh, to be left out on the field to, to put a game away versus having the defense do it. Because look, this offense is better than this defense. And I know like this defense played well on Sunday. We're going to see, like I might be proven wrong. We might be proven wrong. Maybe this unit is just better than we thought. Um, I, I I just think they maybe had a little bit of a week um, and they had some things go their way as well. Uh, but in general, I'm all for like, let the offense win or lose games. Uh, I feel that way. And that's why I, I agree with you on the fourth and two from the five. Like, go for it. At that point, look, we saw the way the game played out. Green Bay's offense out of sync all day. Making that assumption that your defense, which 
is not expected to be a strength of this team, is going to hold up against an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, is a risky one. Like, the Vikings' offense only scored 23 points. So, like, the defense had to be really good. Otherwise, that was going to be a nail-biter down to the finish. Like, Minnesota had a chance to, to go ahead and, and, you know, put the thing away, put a stranglehold on the game at 14-0. Like, it's obviously not put away at that point. But, like, be in total control, and it was an opt-out. It was like, oh, I'll just go with the two-score lead. Um, and it worked out for them because the defense continued to play well all game. But that was no guarantee. And I think I'm with you that I would just, if I'm Kevin O'Connell, lean towards aggression, lean towards your offense, lean towards Justin Jefferson, like your best player. Like, lean towards that. Try to score 30 points. Don't assume that your defense is going to hold Aaron Rodgers below 23. Uh, now, like I said, it's okay to read situations. And I think that that is what he did the last time and said, okay, like I'm looking at the score. I'm looking at what we have now through 40 plus minutes of football. And I think this is going to hold up the way it is. And he was right at that point. But making that assumption when it's 7 nothing is a dangerous one. And I think when you're just not sure, lean towards aggression. Um, so I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, and just – going back to to that possession. So they kicked the field goal with four minutes left in the third, essentially, or in the second quarter, essentially. Yeah. So four minutes before halftime, it, it does work out wonderfully. They go, the Green Bay goes three and out the next drive and, and the Vikings put together a, a seven play scoring drive. They go up 17, zero, but I mean, just go down that hypothetical road with me. Say Green Bay doesn't go, go three and out. Say, say they march right down the field. Cause Aaron Rodgers is a hall of fame quarterback. And then they score a touchdown and then it's 10, seven going into halftime. Like, I just think, I don't think you feel great about that. So again, I just think 14 zero is a lot better than 10 zero. Yeah. And I'm just with, I'm just with like, okay, play to your strengths. And this offense is your strength. Um, give them as many chances as possible. Let them determine the game more than the defense. Like we said, maybe Minnesota's defense proves to be great. Just a great unit all year. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case. I just like going with your best players and letting them determine it versus hoping that a perceived weakness holds up um, in, in a tight spot. And it did. It worked out. Uh, but going forward, I would like to see him trust the offense in as many ways as possible. That's not like reckless. Um, and then, uh, okay, my poop for this one. It was the interior offensive line. I would say I tweeted in the first quarter, like when Kenny Clark was already busting the game up, like, yep, that's a weakness. That's what we thought. And uh Later on in the game, some people responded like, do you think it's gotten better? I thought it got a little better. And I do think it got a little better. Like, it wasn't to a point where it was they couldn't do anything. Um, you know, like, it wasn't like every single passing play was like, oh, my gosh, Kirk Cousins having to scramble left or right. Um, you know, even the play where he stepped up on the big strike to Justin Jefferson, like, they, there was a massive hole in the pocket to step into. So, you know, it wasn't like K- Kenny Clark totally wrecked the game, but it still wasn't awesome. Um, I felt that way throughout the game. PFF grades came out Monday and they kind of showed that too. Bradbury's grade was eh. Ed Ingram's overall grade was fine. His pass block grade was not good. Um, we saw even like when Kenny Clark wasn't getting sacks, there were drives that ended. There was like a third and two where Kirk's kind of had to throw it away because Kenny Clark busted up the play. Even that big 36-yard strike to Jefferson on the final field goal drive, his arm got hit on that uh, because of pressure up the middle and the ball fluttered and Justin Jefferson made a great play, but that can so easily turn into an interception because of the quick pressure up the middle. Like that was a play where the Vikings got fortunate. Justin Jefferson made a great play, but Kirk was able to get just enough on the ball to get it to where he wanted it to go. Uh, so like, I think that still showed itself to be a liability. It's still a major concern. It kind of gets glossed over because, Hey, you know, the offense succeeded enough. They won. But it did end some drives, too. And, like, as much as we talk about how great the offense was, 
and like they kept throwing the ball all game. It's not like they took their foot off the pedal. And I know Green Bay's defense is good, but they did only score 23 points when it felt like there was more out there. And I think the interior offensive line and they're just their breakdowns here or there caused like an incompletion here or there, which I think kept more sustainable drives being put together. And this team putting up, you know, 30, 34 points, which in the past is what they would have needed to beat Green Bay. Um, the defense played well enough where that wasn't the case, but like, in past years, if this defense at all returns to previous forms, 23 is not going to be enough. Um, and I understand they might call it a little bit differently, but Kevin O'Connell was still aggressive. Like, I think they're going to have to shore that up if they want to be a great offense. And they were a good offense on Sunday. They weren't a great offense. And I think that was a big reason why. Yeah, just two field goals in the second half isn't going to get it done. Um, and one of those field goals was 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 aided by the fact that the Vikings defense forced a, a fumble. It, it and it was that it was, that was it. Like that was, yeah, they got negative five that. yards on yeah, that. Drive. Right. You're right. So, and in a lot of that, if, if we go back and watch, like it, it does come down to pressure up the middle. It, it, it's always, it's always pressure up the middle. And, and as much as people make a big deal and, and ourselves included of, of how impactful edge rushers can be like, if you have a dominant guy like a Kenny Clark, like you can reckon, you can reckon opposing offense. I will say with with you know Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram, it was it was good enough. It wasn't great. It was good enough. It, we'll see what they look like against guys that Not aren't Kenny crazy. Clark. I agree because Kenny yeah. Clark is spectacular. Like yep. he's I I don't know how he's viewed league wide. He feels like he's just extremely underrated because he's not this huge like because they've had great edge rushers in the past, because they've had a Zadarius Smith or they have a Rashawn Gary now. Like, I think you kind of tend to forget about how good Kenny Clark is. Like at least from a league wide perspective, there's certainly Vikings fans know how good Kenny Clark is. He just, he's destroyed interior, you know, offensive line for the last two, three, four years. But how, how are Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram and, and Ezra Cleveland, like he still plays left guard. I know we talk all about the other two, but mm-hmm. Ezra Cleveland kind of just skates by. How are they going to look when when they aren't physically imposingly overmatched by a guy like Kenny Clark? That will be the true test, I think, going forward. They were good enough on Sunday. Can they be good enough moving forward when when they're not going against a dominant force like that? Alongside of that, though, um, and at Kenny Clark, I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. I just don't think defensive tackles get much love, frankly. If you're not Aaron Donald and you're a defensive tackle, you're not getting discussed very often. Uh, but I, I'm interested. Okay, like, it's an average defensive tackle. So maybe there's not a ton of game planning. Maybe there's not like a, okay, I think Ed Ingram can just hold his own against this guy. Does that bear fruit? Uh, does he hold mm-hmm. his own to the point where you don't have to be like, okay, can you know, Clark is a guy that you'll make special accommodations for. You'll plan, you'll try to double whatever. We don't do that now against somebody against in, in, for Philadelphia. Can they hold up there and not just get beat one-on-one by Joe Schmo um, and have Joe Schmo make the game-breaking play? All right, well, we're going to come back. We're going to look at a couple things. A, where do the Vikings fit within the NFC after week one? Um, we'll kind of do some updated power rankings of sorts within the conference as we make our way to early look ahead to the playoffs. And then... Kevin O'Connell with a week one win looked very impressive on the opposite end of the spectrum. We saw another first year coach really struggle on Monday night. Let's look at all the first year coaches and kind of see where O'Connell stacked into that mix.